Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, how are you today? Because I can just tell you're doing fantastic. Shut up, dude. <laughs> I'm fine, everybody. I'm fine. Just another grand old day in New York State. But uh, we got some good bourbon to drink. We got a lot to discuss, a lot to educate the listeners on. So that's exciting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I almost got run off the road on the way here by another semi. So that's cool. That's exciting. So instead of a woman cutting a semi off and almost causing a three car accident of rear ending. Uh, I was just driving in the middle lane on the, the 90 and then semi just wanted to take my lane. So luckily no one was next to me in the far left lane. And then I moved over come to find out I was in his blind, uh, by like an inch. Well, maybe you should open his eyes. Right. And there was somebody merging from his right. So he just took over. So that's fine. Perfect. No problem. Anyways, that's all. So if anyone is new here, we are the Buffalo Happy Hour Podcast. And we primarily like to give small businesses a free platform to promote. That's really what our bread and butter is. But during these weekly episodes, we like to talk about a weekly recap, recapping the whiskey that we're drinking, and then also a segment mini series. And this week, or this segment mini series is the history of Buffalo. So if you're new here and you missed the first three episodes, go back and watch that. Click that subscribe button and stick around for this one because later in the episode, we're going to be talking about the Erie Canal. Amongst some other things. But mostly Erie Canal. Mostly Erie Canal because it, it matters. It so, does. So, yeah. But anyway, you almost got run over. Um, do you want to tell people kind of what we're, we're trying to do to this space or maybe doing to this space or probably not doing to this space? We were discussing the idea of insulating it and then come to find out it's not just as easy as throwing up insulation and being done. So I got extremely aggravated, uh, swore a lot internally, and then just walked away. But basically, there's not a lot of room and everything has to breathe with proper ventilation through the soffits. And if it doesn't, we're going to have a lot of mold. I don't want mold. You don't want mold. Uh, The resale doesn't want mold. Mm -mm. So you can just paint over it. It's fine. Yeah, right. So there's some courses of action we can take, but not a lot. But that's our current uh, issue. So what we may do is just buy an actual full-on space heater and crank this thing so that we're not dying this winter. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's a business write-off. But <laughs> Well, the thing is, is, last week it was, what, 30 degrees in here? Miserable is and what today it was. It's 74. It was miserable degrees. Yeah. <laughs> so so right now we're sitting here and short sleeve shirts and just having a good time. One of the best. <laughs> so let's <laughs> let's dive into what we're drinking today. You want to talk about our week still? We still got like 15 more minutes, bro. No, I went golfing and, today. Oh, talk about it. How'd you? You're do? so angry because I just take so. I work at a place where I can take literally whatever day I want off as long as it's far enough in advance. 
So you're talking to me about writing down some of the stuff that we have uh, to talk about today. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'll do it in between teas because people in front of me. So these days that I take off of work, not many people can do the same. So what I find myself doing is golfing by myself, which is fun because then I can critique myself. No one else is critiquing me. I don't feel rushed. I don't feel like I have to hit a perfect shot. If I do end up shanking it, which is 90% of the time, I can always re-tee it and there's nobody watching me. The first time that I went out to the same club, uh, I talked about it a couple weeks ago on how the dude was very, very insistent on telling me every single hole that I could potentially drive on. It was great. The only one there. So I was his only friend all day. Today was a different story because it is 76 degrees in Buffalo today on November 10th. 10th and everybody and their uncle was out except for you. You had to work. <laughs> um, so <laughs> so uh, today I went out. I was planning on going with other people. Like I thought I was going to be paired up with somebody because normally if it's a busy day, you don't get to go out by yourself. But I went there, and the dude's like, oh, yeah, sure. If you're ready, just go. I'm like, what? All right. Sounds good. So I hit the first ball off, and in front of me was another twosome. And then in front of them was a foursome. And the foursome was just so slow. So I ended up skipping that and skipping one hole and then finishing the whole thing in like two and a half hours. I was stoked. Wow. Which allowed me to after go disc golfing. Here we go. <laughs> How was that, Tarek? It was fun. It was a good time. Tom and I went out to Como Park. And we were just th- just throwing discs. Oh, ju- they were just gliding through the air like UFOs. They're real. So you just you just wind up and you chuck it, and there's no better feeling than a sore rotator cuff. I could come up with a few, but we won't dive into it. There's very few things better than being off of work and doing two things that you love. Three things that you love because now we're doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I have different interests on my day off. I would. What are your interests, Mike? Well, right now, if I head off, I'd probably go bow hunting because they're in the rut and they're all excited. So it's prime hunting between 10 and 2. Let's see. 10 and 2. 10 a.m., 2 p.m. Like your hands on the steering wheel? 100%. So I'm more of like a 12 o'clock and then one around the girl. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I would work at my house. I would work outside. I would cut wood. I would do all the things. But, so uh, man stuff. Man stuff. But, I mean, you would also try to go golfing if you could. Yeah, I would go early, though. Like, as soon as the sun's there. Well, that's what I try to do. Right. I, I teed off at like 810 this morning. So it's pretty good. Yeah, that's solid. That's the way to do it. It was such a beautiful day, too. Know what I was doing at 810? I was in a very important business meeting at work. It was great. Because I, I had a, to work today. Did I, I mention I, I was in today? a very important business meeting too? It was me and myself talking about the pod. Perfect business. Perfect. Do we get into it too about what we did with the pod? No, 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 no. We didn't do anything. Yeah, we, we didn't did. do anything. Oh, we did. We're not talking about anything. Pick up your local newspaper. We'll and then maybe you'll see what's going on. Yeah, maybe <laughs> if you live in, you're a disaster. <laughs> We're not, no, 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 no. All right. Well, what else, Mike? You had to have done something else other than work. Come on. Today? No, the past week since we talked to our fans. What do we call our fans? 
Our friends. No, no. We've been calling no. them friends since well, we started they, our Instagram account. They are our friends, but like, do we call them something? Yeah, our listeners. No, no, no. No, I'm talking like something related to the pod, you know. We'll come like, up with something. Like the fantasy footballers that I listen to, hashtag no free shoutouts. Yeah. They call, their, sponsor they call their listeners the Foot Clan. Like, we got to come up with something. The Foot Clan? Yeah, like football clan. Ah, uh, I thought of something else when I heard the term Foot Clan. So, we won't go there. <laughs> Anyways. Jesus Christ. So, we got to figure out something that we can call our listeners. All two of you. Yeah, I would, if that, I would say we have uh, one and a half people attending our happy hour. So they're the happy hour attendees. That's too long, though. A hundred percent. We'll come up with something. Or whoever's listening, leave a comment below. What would you like to be called? Not Nick. All yeah, right. Really. Don't like change your first name. <laughs> but anyways. I really wish I was named Jack. <laughs> I, I went to Syracuse name. this past week. Helped my in-laws uh, get ready for winter at their house, which we had to disassemble a playground. Or uh, what is, what's the damn thing called? When you're a kid, you go out like swing set. Yeah, swing set. We disassembled that. They just it, weren't using it. Or no, it's been assembled for like 23 years. Kids are grown, all moved out, no grandkids yet. Things destroyed, broke it down. So, knock that out at 7:30 in the morning. Um, that was fun, waking up the mm-hmm. entire neighborhood. Sounds good. And then there's no way... How'd you knock it down? Did you just like drop kick it? No. Crowbar and a hammer. Really? Yeah. So you went like full man? Yeah. And then... No chainsaw or saw or anything like that? No. Was it wooden? Yeah, it's pressure treated wood. We used hand saws in some aspects, but it was mainly just ripping this thing down to the ground. And then we used a miter saw and cut it into pieces. And then over time... We're burning it because there's nothing else to really do with it. And there's a lot of wood. So that's super fun. So did that. Uh, moved some stuff. Got some stuff down out of the attic. Uh, what else? And then otherwise just made super nice food. And like the steak that I posted on my Instagram. Oh, yeah. Go check that out. Yeah. I'm Kelly8828 for anybody that wants to follow. Um, and then that's basically my week outside of work. So this weekend we got a bunch of stuff coming up with a lot of people. Um, so we're excited for that. How about them Bills, though? And the Bills beat the Seahawks. So that was a good game. What were you projecting with that week or with that game? Uh, I said 35-34 Bills. Really? You projected Bills to win? Yeah. Interesting. I yeah. think that you're probably one of the only people that did. All the NFL commentators, too, thought that Seahawks were going to win. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. I knew their defense was bad, but I didn't know they'd be that bad. And our wide receivers are just that good. Yeah, so. and also, last year, I'm on the record of not being a Dayball, a Dayball fan. Correct. I've not been a fan of his. But I will say, this year he's taken this approach to exploit the weaknesses of the team that we're facing. So that's why I think there was only like less than 10 design runs the whole game. And it was all let Allen just sling it. It was 23 to 3 in the first half, past to run ratio. Yeah. But you do realize why, right? Be- well, partially because Seahawks' defense is atrocious against the pass. He talked about it where in previous years, he had to basically, his playbook, just like any other offensive coordinator in the NFL, is in stages, right? So you learn the big, you go from big to small. 
So big picture, this is the offensive scheme. This is how we do things next year. Okay, I have the same quarterback. I have the same personnel set. Like, we can do this now because he understands step one. Now we're on to step two. Um, so when that happens and you have the amount of continuity, continuity that we had in the offensive line and the quarterback and then with the wide receiver and running back core, they were able to pick up what we were doing quicker than before with other athletes. So then we got into phase three. Josh Allen's still here. Perfect. There's no issues. He's starting to understand one and two even more in depth. And then now we're adding this other layer and it allows the playbook to become more complex where Josh Allen understands why Dable's going in the direction that he is. And then they build that relationship where I'm going to call this, but if all of a sudden they audible their defense, I have full faith in you to audible on top of their audible. So that way we're still in the winning side of the scenario. And then now the fourth year, it's essentially the whole system's understood. And then we're just teaching people specific aspects of what they have to do for their job. And then our wide receiver core got boosted so high where Diggs has been in the league for a while. Beasley's been in the league for a while. Brown's been in the league for a while. And they all understand all their offensive schemes so that when this is presented, it just makes sense because they can correlate it and match it to other schemes that they were invested in previously in their career. And then with having the same offensive line and quarterback, it allows Dable more freedom to call different plays, which is why you're seeing more creative plays and then a better looking offense now compared to before. And everybody was rushing the ball. I'm you know not like physically rushing the ball where we're handing it off to Singletary. I'm saying everybody was putting the cart before the horse because they wanted what we're doing now two years ago when you can't do that because not everybody in the system understands the system well mm-hmm. enough to operate at that level. Sure, but I also do think that there is some aspect of the design of that game exploiting oh, the no, biggest no. weakness 100%. of Seahawks. Yeah. yeah, and that's I mean that's also credit to McDermott because that's what he's done since he showed up where he's literally said we are week to week because that's how we game plan is week to week. So we don't think about outside factors yeah. or playoffs or anything else. Playoffs, it's because playoffs. we literally have to figure out how to beat this one opponent, which is why it's a vast difference in the offense from the Patriots game to this week. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's going to be the same similar type of offense look with the Cardinals, but by the time this releases, the game's going to be over with anyways. Yeah, what's interesting about that to me is I thought that we were going to have the same approach that we did with the Chiefs, where we tried to take as much time off of the clock and keep Mahomes off the field. Sure. And I thought that that was the design this week is just Russell Wilson is amazing and we have to keep him off the field because he will obliterate us. Yeah. But it was completely different. And maybe that's what the Seahawks plan for maybe they saw the Chiefs game and said this is the only other top tier echelon team that the Bills have played and this is how they handled it we might want to design a lot of our stuff around the run and take care of passes secondary because they want to keep Ross off the field so and then we did the opposite exactly yeah and I mean it fooled me I thought that we were going to run all the time so I can only imagine uh but I mean it was a great game I don't know the last time that like, it was sweet to see Allen throw for over 400 yards. Yeah. It was sweet to see him go for four touchdowns. And he's just developing into that next level that I think everybody was hoping for. Yeah. It's really sweet. It's fun to watch. And, yeah, I think that it's going to be the same thing with the Cardinals next week. And then we have a bye. And then we play San Francisco at 4 o'clock. I believe so. Then the Chargers, then the Steelers. It's going to be. I don't think the Steelers are that good this year. I think that their defense has played against teams that are subpar. 
so it made them look better, kind of like what our defense was two years ago. Last year we were good, but two years ago, two years ago we were a good defense because our offense sucked so bad that we were giving the ball to every team on our own 40-yard line, so the yards against wasn't good because they only had to go 40 yards for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that the Steelers' defense is a little bit inflated right now, but um, I mean, it, eight, it'll be difficult. Being 8-0 is huge. Oh, yeah. But I mean, now Big Ben's on a COVID, right? and his two knees are busted because he's like 87 years old, I think, roughly. I could be wrong. It's going to be wild seeing how this whole thing plays out, no doubt. Yeah, man. All right. So, well, that was fun. You want to get into Woodenville? So how, how did you find this? Because I don't even know. I've, I haven't even heard of this before. Right. So, Woodenville was recommended to me by another fellow bourbon drinker, a uh, very good friend of mine. So had it at his house, loved it, had another uh, bottle of it, liked it even more because I was able to fully understand what was happening um, and then picked up another bottle for the show and here we are. So just word of mouth, which I think is one of the best ways to grow any business, mm-hmm. right? So a few things to discuss. They're out of Washington State. Uh, the awards that they've won... This is pretty interesting. So we'll start at the top. So Woodenville Straight Bourbon 90 Proof is the product we're having. In 2016, they earned the Craft Whiskey of the Year per American Distilling Institute Craft Spirits Award. They also won 40 other awards and earned 49 different appearances through news and television, including their Age Your Own Whiskey Kit awards recognition. Age Your Own Whiskey Kit? Yeah, we'll get into it. So... These these products have been like all over the place. Beep. Beep. That's pretty good. Duh. That's smooth. Full. That's full too. And it's smooth. So here's a company background. All their staple grains are cultivated exclusively for them on the Omlin family farm in Quincy, Washington. The grains are mashed, distilled, and barreled in their Woodenville distillery and then trucked back over the Cascade Mountains to their private barrel houses where central Washington's extreme temperature cycles promote the extraction of natural flavors from the oak. Prior to being coopered, the barrel wood is seasoned in open air Rain, wind, sun, and snow for 18 months, softening the wood's harsh tannins. The barrels are then slowly toasted and heavily charred to further enrich the wood's desirable flavors. This meticulous process yields a truly handcrafted spirit with some incredible aromas and tasting notes. So the story behind Woodenville is also interesting, but it's not what you would think. It did not begin with a 100-year-old recipe or generations of of, uh, family distillers. It begins with two best friends in a dream. Ooh. Like the Buffalo Happy Hour. That's right. What's up, Woodenville? The dream is to make the greatest craft whiskey in the world by bringing the time-honored traditions of bourbon production into a craft environment, using the highest quality locally grown grains, the best barrels and coopers in the world, the most technologically advanced distilling equipment, and the mentorship of an industry icon, David Pickerell, who is the former master distiller for Maker's Mark. Hmm. No big deal. The story is still unfolding, and after being awarded Craft Whiskey of the Year and Craft Rye Whiskey of the Year two years in a row by the American Distilling Institute, things are heading in the right direction. 
You can follow them and their journey on Facebook and Instagram and also check out their website, woodenvillewhiskeyco.com. And there you can locate their products that are near you so you can buy it and try it out. So their products are pretty cool. They have a bourbon, which is here. They have a rye, a double barrel. They have a straight bourbon port finished, an age-owned whiskey kit, and then a barrel-aged maple syrup. So that age-owned whiskey kit, are they giving you like a small barrel? Yeah, it's like a full little kit where you can make your own. That's sick. Right? So do we try that? We can. We should. Let's do it. To be sick. Go Bills. How long do we age it for? I, I don't know. It's a little bar- It's like a baby barrel, so we'll probably do like one year. A little baby I'm so barrel. excited. And then we can try it at every year. Watch it. Like, dude, you're supposed to literally age it for like six minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like the barrel's so small. Like, oh. But so we can do that. We could put it in there and then every year we can try it on a birthday. Fine by me. Look at that. Then we could char the shit. Who? We will, we will char this thing. I swore, but I caught myself. <laughs> so that's Woodenville. Uh, their bottle's pretty interesting, too. They got engravings on the side, so we'll dive into all that. But that's where, that's where we're at, man. I love this bourbon. This is surprisingly good. And now that you said that um, they had help from, or like a mentor from Maker's Mark, I can connect the dots there. And I feel like this tastes pretty similar to Maker's Mark, just from the makeup of it. I've had a lot of Maker's Mark in my day, but not neat and not recently. Mm. It's mostly been a Maker's Mark old fashioned, which is always incredible. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah. Hey, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I liked our story too. So Yeah, I mean it's it's cool when you get companies that start just from a dream. And when did you say that they actually started? Yes. You, you did no. a date? Didn't look. Who the hell's outside? Uh I think the Hell's Angels are just rolling through the neighborhood. Right. If you can't pick it up which I don't know if you can pick it up. There is a extremely loud bike, but loud pipes save lives, so I'm all for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You already had loud. You always had loud pipes, right? On your bike? We've only had one bike. Correct. But your bike was pretty loud. Was it? You tell me. I don't remember. I can't remember. I think either. I rode with you twice, and one time I was blacked out because I died. Oh, so. stop. You were fine. It was way more than twice. <laughs> way more than twice. I was with you when you hit that... Um, the fishing line that clotheslined you off your bike in the middle of the road. You weren't with me for that. That was on break from work, on my lunch break. You were with me when I... Um, I came, when oh, that's right. I came road. over that, that night, and then you told me about it. Yeah. Um, I was with you near 20A. We won't talk yep. about it. When I turned into Superman real quick. Yeah. The bike goes where your eyes go mm-hmm. for other riders that don't know. Or sometimes when you hit rocks and you have no other chance. And then... It was 13 degrees outside, and we decided to go for a ride. That was fun. I by the, that. By the time we rode up Clinton Street, we were numb. Oh, yeah. And then we we pulled over. <laughs> You're like, well, my extra pair of gloves? No. You were like, let's turn around now. I'm like, yeah, I'm f- that's fine. That's f- <laughs> f- 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 fine. <laughs> and we're just shaking the whole way home, and then I'm literally trying to thaw out inside of underneath a heated blanket in my apartment, trying not to go to like the hospital. That was terrible. It's the tops of your legs. They were the worst because you don't know how to get those warm. No, and they were pink. Yeah. I literally took my jeans off and my skin was pink. <laughs> I'm like, perfect. Now I'm Mr. Krabs. I can't figure it out. I'm probably going to have frostbite. It was fine. Have you ever been close to frostbite? I thought I was, but then when we actually learned about it, 
I really wasn't. I was it's, with It's not dudes. like the Blackfoot from Mr. Deeds. I mean, I, it might get to that point eventually, but... I've been around a bunch of dudes that have had, like, the early onset of Frostbite, where they'll lose... It's a frost literal, Sure. <laughs> they'll lose, like, literal sense in their fingertips for, like, weeks. Really? Yeah. So, that was super fun. But a couple guys got, like, permanent nerve damage, but no one had... What you see in Mr. Deeds. Yeah. No. Where there's like, hey, grab that poker stick right there and just hit it. Yeah. I, I don't I, I don't think I've ever even come close. How long do you have to be exposed? I don't know why I'm asking you like you're a frostbite expert. Yeah. like what? But how long would you think that you had to be exposed to like, in like, what's the temperature? I think or it's does based, it just depend on you? I think it's based on moisture, temperature, airflow, and duration. I think those are the actual legitimate like factors that contribute into frostbite. So, there was... Is there, is there like, we've second done, degree or third degree frostbite like there is for burns? I think so. I think so. I, dude, it's been a long time since I did cold weather training. Like, actual cold weather training where we just went out and learned all the things. Yeah. But I, it's been it's been way too long. I brain dumped it. I just don't go outside when it's that cold for that long. <laughs> like Unless we're in the garage. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what happens when you get out of the service. You're just like, I'm never literally doing that again. Like, why? What was the point? That was brutal. So, listen, you got to know how to do it just in case you find yourself in this situation. Be like, perfect. I will never find myself in this situation. Because, well, <laughs> like, I now have control of my life. Well, <laughs> it, yeah, really. In the opposite side of that, what's, like, heat stroke? Like, are there variations of heat, heat yeah, stroke? Because heat I'm sure five. that you had more exposure to that than frostbite. Yeah, and then if once you get it, they basically cater to you so that you don't reoccur with that injury. But essentially, when somebody has a internal body temp of, I believe it was, it's like high 90s, low 100s. Um, right. You essentially strip the individual of all their clothes and then wrap them in ice sheets. So there's giant coolers. Remember that? The, like a the, cryo tank? Kind of. Like yeah. negative 12 degrees. So you know that massive cooler that I have? So that you've seen in my garage? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So you basically fill that with ice water and then dunk um, actual bed sheets in that. And then when the dude who has a really high internal temp shows up, you strip him of all of his clothes and then you wrap him in these sheets to decrease his internal temp. And I've seen that happen a few times uh, down south. But the last time, pretty interesting story. I won't say his name, um, but the last time we had a guy who actually had a lot of heat issues, um, he got medevaced out of the training that we were going through. And we put an IV in his rump uh, to actually, like, basically save his life and hydrate him because he just, like, collapsed. And we knew Jesus. we knew it was from dehydration and just from the excess weight that we were carrying with helmets on in the heat, and it was Louisiana in July. So, but dehydration doesn't necessarily correlate to heat stroke, does it? Correct. Well, it, it yeah, it can because if there's no moisture in your body and then you're getting True. pelted by the sun, then yeah, your your body's going to be all out of whack. So, um, so yes, it does, but. We basically removed his pants, gave him an IV up his butt, stepped on the IV bag, put the fluids right into him. Jesus. And then carried him. Uh, one of our guys carried him to the evac site and then got him on the bird. And the bird flew him out. 
And then he went home like the next day after being in the hospital and getting the rest of the fluids that he needed and everything else. But yeah, we actually saved his life. Um, his internal temp was approaching 104, which is ridiculous because typically at 104, your brain's already like cooking. And he was just totally unconscious, like had no clue what was going on. And then he just woke up in the hospital. Isn't that crazy how delicate your internal body temperature is? Oh, yeah. Like 101 is you just have a fever, but 104 is like you're dead. Right. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. What about like... You just cook from the inside. It's ridiculous. But like it's so... Like one degree matters. Yeah. It's insane. Why is it now that... For some reason, I feel like my entire childhood was like 98.6 was the gold standard. And now it's down to like 97. Yeah. Like what's going on? Global warming? (laughs) I just think it's more studies and more research and more technology to fine tune things. But But like I was taking my temperature as a kid and it was always 98.6. And now if I take it, I'm always like 97.7. I feel like they changed the calibration on that that because... When I go into different customers for work, obviously they're they're blasting our mm-hmm. foreheads and it's always like, Oh, you're good, you're at ninety seven. I'm like, so I'm cold. And then I make that joke and they're like, No, it's different now. I'm like, what do you mean now? Yeah, like it's, exactly. for twenty eight years it's always been ninety eight point zero. It doesn't make any sense. Like, no, no, no. Things have changed. I'm like, you know what? I'm not even gonna question this year because then probably the walls are just gonna blow out around us. Right. So well, you know me, being a hypochondriac. I took my temperature and I'm like ninety seven. Oh Jesus, I'm I'm on my way out. Yeah. I'm like Mr. Deeds' grandpa or Put uncle. Put a sweater on. Yeah, his uncle that was frozen on Mount Everest and he just come up from the thing <laughs> and like, oh Jesus. That's how I felt as soon as I took my temperature that day. Yeah. But that's insane that that's now the standard. It's right. just like, yeah, I mean, it happens. It's like, all right, next year it's going to be 102, and it's going to be like, I mean, that's what happens. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Can we have some consistency, please? Yeah, just once. But yeah, that's where we're at. All right. That's where we're at, man. That's what I like to hear. All right, Mike. What, what do you think? Cocktail it? section? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Don't, don't make me make a face. I don't make you laugh, so you ruin it. But just remember you have an elephant on your shirt. So... Oh, Jesus. If now you wanna, you're putting pressure on me. If you now. want to incorporate a trunk noise, please don't. Please, I will literally get up and leave. <laughs> Drop the beef for the cocktail you section. You can't tempt me like that and expect me not to try to do something. I'm trying to find my cocktail, too, because I do have it somewhere. I'll go first. Don't oh, worry. Stop it. All Just right. drop that beat. <laughs> Whoa, that was... T- <laughs> <laughs> that was such a bad effort. <laughs> what are you tyrod tyrod taylor did somebody puncture your lungs oh my god oh you like that my cocktails uh, 21 bricks shout out go check out that interview anyway sorry this is off the rails we're gonna lose every subscriber we have you don't have so listen listen we have three all right we're doing good the Woodenville Crisp Cocktail is my cocktail. The ingredients are two ounces of this Woodenville bourbon, half ounce of fresh lemon juice, one tablespoon of Woodenville barrel-aged maple syrup, four ounces of apple juice, and then two ginger rounds. Don't ask me what ginger rounds are. I'll probably just ask Autumn Leaf because she probably knows. <laughs> we'll shake and strain over the large cube and garnish with an apple. Ooh. So, fairly simple cocktail. Honestly, sounds really appetizing. I feel like that goes with this because I'm getting some sort of like cherry apple in it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. So drink responsibly. Oh, yeah. Mine is the hot toddy.
We have boiling water to fill a mug, four cloves, one lemon peel or wheel, two teaspoons of damara, damara, damara sugar or brown sugar, one quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice, and two ounces of Woodenville bourbon. And that's it. So with that, you fill a mug with boiling water and let stand for a minute or two to warm. Meanwhile, stick the cloves into the lemon peel or wheel and set aside. Empty the mug and fill about halfway with fresh boiling water. Add sugar and stir to dissolve. Add the prepared lemon peel or wheel and stir. Add the lemon juice and whiskey and stir yet again. And that's it. That is your hot patty. That actually sounds really good. Yeah. My friend uh, Joe just went to a... Uh, he just like went to go take a week trip in the Adirondacks or something like that. Does he work I feel for like bank people too? do that. I mean, probably. Um, and he was all about them. He's like, man, I got to find a good bourbon to have a, a hot toddy with. So I'm like, I mean, do you? <laughs> Some people live for it, man. I know. I like it neat. Same. Same. I actually got a compliment for a woman from Sweden who noticed. Sweden? Yeah. Uh, I was at a Halloween party and she was there and she noticed that I was drinking Woodford Rye neat. And she's like, wow, finally somebody else who's not drinking it over ice. I'm like, no, it's designed yeah, I'm not to be a psychopath. And I understand every whiskey sommelier who has way more knowledge than I do on whiskey always says you should have some water in it just to cut whatever. Listen, they spent five plus years aging this product. Just drink it the way it is out of the bottle. If you don't like it and you need water, reflect yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, are you actually a man and go from there? He is literally just kidding. The best way to enjoy bourbon is however you prefer. If that is neat, great. If that's with ice, great. If it's a hot toddy, then great. But we just prefer it neat. I'll let you handle the PC aspects. I'll talk to the real ones. (laughs) The OGs out there. We know who you are. There's a difference between ice cubes and water, too. Because you're raising the temperature to be, like, maybe 95. I'm just kidding. But you're you're lowering that temperature to get cold, and sometimes it'll change the taste. So just try it neat. I mean, we've literally tried, like, coffee liqueur neat. We do everything on this show neat for some godforsaken reason. But uh, that's what, at least try it neat to see if you like it, if you do enjoy bourbon. And then if not, if you don't like it, then add something else in. Fine by me. That's how we do it. All right, Michael. Let's rate this thing. Woodenville straight bourbon whiskey. It is 90 proof, and there is the bottle. What about the label branding? I'm going to give this an A+. It doesn't necessarily make you fall out of your chair. However... They're, the actual Woodenville part of the label is sweet. It's also raised. Oh, cool. So I like that aspect. Um, and then it's got like the, it's an actual paper feel for the label. And it's got the aged yellow look to it where you kind of get like the old frontier mm-hmm. thing happening. So that makes me actually really happy inside because, again, that's where the real men are. Anyways, <laughs> I like that they hammer this thing with what it is. Um you know, 90 proof, 45 ABV, good Lord, 750 milliliters. And then there you go. Established 2010. It's right on the bottle. Um, but I also like the bottle itself. It's got a very, very dense bottom where it's a lot of glass, 
which makes me happy just because I'm terrified with most mm-hmm. most bottles just because I don't want them to break because um, I appreciate the spirit that's inside. And it's got a cork. Mm-hmm. Thank God. So What does the top of the cork say? Just WW Co.? Nice. Yeah. Or WV Co.? No, it's WW Co. What is the so, WW? Woodenville Whiskey Co. Oh, uh, okay. Come on, dude. Keep up. I thought it was Washington Woodenville Co. No, that's too much. The back also talks about how it's handmade in Washington State. Same thing. Uh, the bourbon starts with traditionally grown corn, rye, and malted barley. All the stable grains are cultivated on the Omland family farm in Quincy, Washington. Same thing I discussed before. And then on the sides, they have the bottle actually um, embedded oh, cool. as well. Similar to the Hartman's and a couple other bottles. So I'm going to go hard A+. Plus. Um, I like this a lot. And then it's semi-easy to find on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Not as easy as others, but it's fairly easy to find. Yep. A++. I agree, I agree, I agree. Oh, A++. Or A+, I'm sorry. Right, I, agree, I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree. Agree. Nose. I'm getting that green apple again. Well, there's... Mm, I mean, you do get... Um, you get some ethanol, but that's just because it's 90 proof, so it's kind of... You're you're gonna get that. Outside of that, I'm just picking up some baking spice. I'm not picking up a lot of. You're not picking up like a green apple. No, not really. I think that's just because you've been crushing Devil's River Rye recently. No, man, I'm really getting green apple in here. Like to me, this smells a lot like, and it tastes too. It, like you get a caramel dipped apple. Like, you know, at the fair or whatever or wherever you get, I don't know if there's many places that sell caramel apples, but the apple that you have in the stick and you dip it in the caramel and then you give it to somebody, that's what I smell and taste with this. So you mean a caramel apple? Yeah. You know, like one of the apples (laughs) that you get and then you dip in the caramel. (laughs) Not the chocolate. It's the caramel. I'm getting caramel apple. You want to know what? I wrote it down because I found it interesting, but the website mentioned creme creme brulee in the nose. I guess there's some sort of sweetness and maybe like a caramelized sugar or something that you're getting, which I guess translates to creme brulee. But I'm telling you, man, there's some sort of fruit in there. What are you What are you going with here? Uh, a plus. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Also, if anyone's new, we say I agree three times just because it's what we've done since literally like the first or second episode, and now it's just a thing. Yeah. So. Those look are going to be shirts nowadays. Yeah, look for it on a t-shirt. Yep. Initial taste. A lot of oil, caramel, baking spice. And there's there's notes of vanilla, but that's about it. I also wrote down something interesting off their website that I want to see if you might pick up, but I'm not getting it. I'm still getting some sort of fruit, whether it's cherry or apple or some sort of seeded fruit, which is very vague, but that's what I'm getting. They say dark chocolate. I don't get that at all. And I literally crush chocolate. It's kind of an absurd amount, but let me live my life. 
even after knowing that, I still can't taste it. Uh, I'm getting a very strong, like, apple. I'll write down apple. Does it make you feel better? I'm surprised that you're not catching that. Maybe my just my my palate is just off right now. It could be because I'm crushing Devil's Rover Rye because I literally am crushing it. Initial taste A plus. A plus. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree, I agree, I agree. Ending note. I agree with this. There's only one thing that I'm getting in a honey. And then the lingering baking spice, but that's just because it's 90 proof. If this was 85 proof, I think it would be totally, totally different. And it wouldn't be 85. It'd be 84. Yeah. Let's be real. But I like I, I like the honey. A plus. We got to get the dropper due out here. Too many minerals in that water. Yeah, no. You're going to ruin it. <laughs> Man, just more honey. So, good deal. Final rating. A plus? Do we already rate it? Yeah, we want A plus. Okay. Three, two, one. 93. Well done, Michael. It was funny. We were talking about insulating this. And you're like, so it's 20 by 7, right? And I'm like, yeah, kind of. But we have this overhang here. And then you got the hypotenuse going up because it's a roof. And you got to measure the across angle, then the up angle to get the actual hypotenuse of the triangle. And you're like, whatever. Nailed it. Well, the biggest thing, too, is I wasn't here to visualize anything. Mm -hmm. And then you just randomly start texting me about hypotenuse. I'm like, I'm not going to dive into Pythag <laughs> and try to figure this out. A squared plus B squared does equal C squared. It does. But I wasn't about to find all that info out. Plus, this is definitely an acute angle. It's just too crazy. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So but yeah. So that is the whiskey Wednesday whiskey review for Woodenville Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Go find this at your local liquor store. Go on their website and see if you can click that little button after you enter your name or your birthday. I still don't get that. It's probably something legal they have to do. But, like, there's no check. There's no nothing. It's probably just Big Gov trying to stay involved. Get him away. So dumb for me. Kick him out. Right. If people want to get drunk at 12, that's what they did during the Erie Canal. We'll talk about it. It's just, what's the point? I mean, it's ridiculous. I just hate it because it's not even like a check. It's put in whatever day that you want. Most of the time, I click on the year and just scroll and press one. Right. Because I'm not going to find my my actual year. You know how much time that'll take? Well, if I'm at my de- if I'm not on my phone, then I will literally sit there and just type in my birthday because it's super easy on the keypad. Mm-hmm. But if I'm on my phone, I'll just pick something. Like, I know I'm over 21. Come at me. Like, grow up. This is stupid. My favorite thing is when I go to consumers and they're like, you're over 34, right? I'm like, no. They look at me like, what? What do you mean? Can I see ID? Like, oh, my God. I have a full beard, but I also had a full beard in seventh grade. So I put a poll up on my Facebook, Derek1521, if any of you are interested. We had your plug. We got to get mine, too. So I had a poll up on on Instagram that said, do I grow the beard out again or do I keep it short? What are your thoughts? Grow it out. Grow it out. To like Duck Dynasty level? No, goodness. <laughs> no, just do like a deep, you know what you should do is just a dark brown color. 
I'm not dyeing it. Color it and then grow it out and then just clean it. So there's no like loose strangly sides so Journey doesn't just get up and go on her own journey and leave you. Well, I mean, I have also lost 45 pounds. So I think that when that picture was taken uh, on my story, I don't know if you saw it, but when that picture was taken, I was a big, I was a thick boy. So the beard made me look obese, which <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, I guess, other than the health issues. But I also already had a heart attack. So, but me being obese made my beard and my face look like I was Chris Farley before RIP he passed. So now that I'm thinner, I feel like I can grow the big beard out again and it'll look awesome. I'll walk around with my chest out like Fitzpatrick and just like. We'll oh, start yeah. doing push ups. Yeah, we'll start doing push ups to fill out your frame. Oh, it's full with pizza. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> fill that thing out. Fill it out. Fill it out. Um, That'd be a riot. Oh, yeah. Just walk around, just diesel. <laughs> like, go ahead. Make fun of my camera tripod. Right. I will end you. Make fun of my lack of white balance. <laughs> I still have no idea what's happening. So. I kind of went off on a tangent too, and dove way too deep into these cameras, so I probably messed something up. But I have the cards coming today, but today I had to use a piece of paper to like normalize the white balance. And I think that I'm a little bit too. Either I'm very, um, uh, how do you say like, how would you like white it out? I don't really know what else to say. Like, oh. I'm overexposed. That's what I was trying to say. There you go. So if overexposed. you guys feel the same, um, let me know. Because we're trying to figure these I literally out. don't think anyone cares. They're here to listen to us discuss all the things and educate them on Buffalo. But I also want their viewing experience to be elite. It is. Compared to some of the other people that just record YouTube videos on their phone. Like in a selfie mode and hold it Truth. awkwardly yeah, with true. double chins. Come on. Mine. We have professional leads. That's you know? also why I have the beard. To hide the double chin or the triple chin. Yeah, I just let mine show. Just be like, no shame. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> so let's let's dive into episode four. Just because there's a lot to discuss here and there's a lot of good things that are in this. Yeah. So again, for everybody that's new to the channel, we have been doing this segment mini series where we dive into the history of Buffalo. The first episode was specifically about the pre-colonization of the Buffalo area, dating back to the Native Americans that occupied the land before the Europeans came. The second episode was about the Europeans and how they impacted the region. And the third episode was about the the founding and the 19th century. So it went back to obviously the 19th century to discuss how Buffalo became the bee to the different land purchases, to the different laws and just everything that's set up to make Buffalo actually legal. And now we're going to dive into probably one of the most monumental aspects of Buffalo history, which is the Erie Canal. No, dude. So the Erie Canal is referenced between the years 1825 and 1850. What we have to do is go back to the beginning of the entire thing in 1807. So... Also, for those that are new, we got a TV on the wall. That's what we're looking at. So I'm sorry we're not looking at you. We apologize. But just remember, we care about you. We appreciate you. Onward to the Erie Canal. And also, I don't want to print out all this information because we actually care about the trees. So I don't really want to have to print out like five documents and then have to go plant a tree in my backyard. So we're just not going to do that. We'll go electronics. So beginning in 1807, Jesse Hawley 
who was a flour merchant from Western New York who went broke trying to get his product to market in the Atlantic coastal cities. I could see that. I don't know how like r- profitable flour merchant would be. Well, no, it's getting his product there. So he published a series of essays from Depter's prison. Nailed it. Basically, so, just he owed a lot of money. He had to pay. He was in debt. And now he's in this debtor's prison. So in them, Hawley advocated for a canal system that would span nearly 400 miles from Buffalo, New York, on the eastern shore of Lake Erie to, to Albany, New York, on the Hudson River. So this dude went broke trying to move his product and then came up with this stellar idea to create a canal that would link the major waterways across the state of New York. So Hawley's eloquent essays caught the attention of New York politicians, including New York's major, DeWitt Clinton, I don't know if there's any relation, but moving on. Clinton believed that the can- uh, the canal was crucial to the economic advancement of his city. Anyone who would know if they're related is already dead. All right, anyway. So Clinton saw his plan come to fruition in 1817 after he became the governor of New York. Workers first broke ground on the Erie Canal on July 4th, 1817, near Utica, New York. So this thing was built between 1817 and 1825. The OG Erie Canal traversed 363 miles from Albany to Buffalo. It was the longest artificial waterway and the greatest public works project in North America. So this thing put New York on the map as the Empire State, which then made it the leader in population, industry, and economic strength. The canal was built largely with raw manpower provided by Irishmen, damn right, using primitive tools with very little compensation for their hard work. Now, this basically bleeds true for me um, in regards to wage and the, the amount of work that we do, not saying with my current job, I'm saying growing up, but so you guys know the Irishmen that built the canal were paid $10 a month for their work, which is equivalent of roughly a few hundred bucks a month today. So, you know, basically they got paid in whiskey. The men completed a canal that was 40 feet wide, four feet deep and stretched hundreds of miles, only four feet deep. Right, but the interesting part is it could support boats with 30 tons of freight. How does that make sense? Buoyancy, dude. It's just weight displacement. (laughs) Physics. Don't use college terms on me. Yeah. So all in all, the original (laughs) canal was constructed with 83 locks, 18 aqueducts that helped move it through rivers and ravines as it rose over 500 feet from the Hudson River to Lake Erie over the course of several hundred miles this original Erie Canal was completed on, on October 26th, 1825. So eight years, they did all of that. 400 miles, right? Yeah. Or No. Uh, let's see. Yeah, 400 miles. A couple hundred miles. Maybe 200 out of the 400. The whole thing is 400 miles, right? 460-something miles now from here to Albany? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So this was probably like half of it. I'm assuming at the time. Three, no, 363 miles. Albany to Buffalo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, of course, as with any massive engineering project maintained over a long period of time, the Erie Canal had to be upgraded as times, as times changed. As time went on, traffic increased, and the need to transport more freight surged as well. So by 1862, the Erie Canal had to be enlarged to be 70 feet wide from the original 40 and 7 feet deep, which could then support loads... Never mind. With about a hundred tons of freight. So, in 1862, how did they do that? Uh, like, how did they, they just do like you know what? We're gonna double the size of this and just make it double as deep. So they had mules and oxes that would pull boats. 
through the trench and then they invented the wheelbarrow to get all the debris out from all their digging. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So New York's population quadrupled between 1820 and 1850. Financing of the Erie Canal's construction allowed the city to eclipse PA as the country's most important banking center. Sorry, Philadelphia as the country's most important banking center. So the Erie Canal also provided an economic boost to the entire United States by allowing the transport of goods at one-tenth the previous cost in less than half the previous time. So by 1853, the Erie Canal carried 62% of all U.S. trade. For the first time, manufactured goods such as furniture and clothing could be shipped in bulk to the frontier. Farmers in western New York and the Midwest now had cash to purchase consumer goods because they could cheaply ship wheat, corn, and other crops to lucrative East Coast markets. So this basically connected the West to the East. That's paramount in our country. And it's nice because it's all in our backyard. The Erie Canal also helped to stimulate America's nascent tourism industry. Did I say that right? Sure. Nailed it. It attracted vacationers, including Europeans, such as Charles Dickens. Oh, what the Dickens? Right. Thousands of tourists flooded down the canal on excursions. Oh, uh, did I say flooded? <laughs> yep. Perfect. They just got way too high in water. So much and water. They just float. <laughs> yep. So much water. So they floated down the canal. That's where flood pants came from. People were rolling them up. Yes, you're right. And they're hiking them up about three inches above the, the ankle. <laughs> they didn't want to get them wet. I hear you. As soon as you get them wet, man, it just starts traveling off the pant, and then it gets really uncomfortable. That's what she said. That's what happened. So here. they, so tourists essentially use the Erie Canal to travel from New York City to Niagara Falls. So that's crazy. Being the Erie Canal as the Erie Canal, there were other things that happened in Buffalo during that time period that were also just as important. But most people only focus on the Erie Canal because it literally changed the entire country. Right. But because with the Buffalo Happy Hour, we have to discuss other things that happened that was somewhat interesting within the same time frame. And this is just a snippet. There was so many different things that happened. Like we. Um, we erected like 99 buildings in one year in the city of Buffalo. It, it was just insane. Like the growth in our entire area during this time frame was paramount. Well, because now with this waterway, you can get all the materials that you need faster than previously. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's one of the bigger aspects that the Erie Canal provided to not only us, but everybody along the canal too. Have you gone to one of the canal history sites? In- yeah, it was on. I, I that was a field trip. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we did the whole Erie Canal thing. So, did you get it in your research? Did you get into, like, the locks and how locks work and everything? Do you know how locks work? It's basically a well that then submerges and then allows water to pass. So, like a dam? Yeah, and then it fills up. Yeah, and then it fills up with water, and then you're able to continue onward. And then the dam uh, either opens or closes behind you, and that's how they moderate your flotation through the canal. Right or wrong? I feel, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I think that I was on a vacation there, but I don't... Or not a vacation, but a trip there. And I think I might have been too young to understand. We should go back and just record it and laugh. Nice. Just like the whole boat ride. Just like, let's take a boat ride from Albany to Buffalo and we'll just record the whole thing. Yeah. It'll be a, a nice, like, 20-hour segment. It'll be pretty cool, though. I think that we'll have at least one joke in there. So (laughs) We'll take a train down Albany, and then we'll take a boat back up to Buffalo, and then we'll wear authentic 1825 to 1833 attire. Only if we can talk like them, too. 
I think this could be a real segment, man. There's no way that we could talk because I would be drunk the entire time since I'm Irish <laughs> and I built the damn thing. <laughs> well, you can be a drunk Irishman and then I'll just be Charles Dickens. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so scroll down and we'll talk about the things that happened in Buffalo. Starting in the year 1827, fun facts... This is basically the segment of fun facts. In 1827, July 4th, to be exact, New York officially abolished slavery, freeing 10,000 slaves. Also, 976 ships visit the Buffalo Harbor, compared to only 120 ships seven years earlier. Wow. Yeah. So in 1832, Buffalo incorporated as a city on April 20th, 4.5 square miles with a population of 10,000 people. The northern border of the city was North Street. What is Buffalo now? Population size? Is it like a hundred and something thousand? No, it's two hundred and sixty thousand people in the city of Buffalo. Wow. The so virtually every aspect of daily life in the city is closely supervised by the common council. The mayor is appointed by the council and has powers similar to a village justice of the peace, including the management and control of finances of all property, real and personal, in the year eighteen thirty two. So the first mayor of Buffalo was Dr. Ebenezer Johnson. What a first name. Ebenezer Alehouse. No free shout outs. <laughs> so Dr. Johnson was elected to a one-year term under the first city charter. The Common Council has the power to elect the mayor. His salary was $250 a year. I'm sure that that's really what Byron Brown makes now. So before the election, Johnson was one of Buffalo's wealthiest citizens. Johnson Park will be named after him. Where's that? Couldn't tell you. Where's Johnson Park? It probably changed names to Delaware. So in June 1832, a an epidemic breaks out. Oh, coronavirus. It Got was, him. It was a cholera. So Middlesex County. Interesting. So the, si- the city... That's New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what are you talking about? <laughs> so listen to this, dude. In June 1832, a... Chalera epidemic breaks out. The city spokesman among them, the physician and first mayor of Buffalo, Dr. Ebenezer Johnson, says it's caused by Irish immigrants in Quebec. Cholera. Cholera. Who had brought the disease. Cholera. Cholera epidemic. Yeah. So. Chalupa epidemic. (laughs) Listen. So it was caused by Irish immigrants in Quebec who had brought the dead disease with them from the old country. The Common Council's first action is to quarantine the city. All traffic, lake, and canal boats, stages and coaches are stopped immediately. A man might be in an apparent good health in the morning and in his grave the same night. Jesus. The death carts patrol the streets, and where there is an indication of a death in a house, the driver would shout, bring out your dead. Bodies are not permitted to remain unburied over an hour or two if it is possible to obtain carriers or a sexton to bury them. By July, over 120 Buffalonians died from the epidemic. Another epidemic would occur in 1849, but the worst of it would be in 1854. So cholera is a bacterial disease causing severe diarrhea and dehydration, usually spread in water. So I probably am drinking it right now. Uh, It's extremely rare. There's fewer than 1,000 cases per year in the entire United States, and it's treated by a medical professional. So if you have any... Symptoms, which I now have four out of the five symptoms. So I'm going to go get checked after this episode. But uh, it's pretty pretty treatable. So Jesus, that's crazy, man. 120 Buffalonians died from this epidemic. And there's only 10,000 people in 
um, Buffalo right now or at the time. So 120,000 people died from it with a population of 10,000. So therefore, 120 masks don't work. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus Christ. So now we're going to get taken off of YouTube because we don't believe <laughs> 120 divided by 10,000. This is easy math, but about 1.2%. Which is similar to, actually, right now, Western New York is in a yellow zone, so we don't really want to go down that route. No. Just wait until we get to the Burgundy zone. It's over. So in 1833, this is where it gets pretty dark, Dr. Ebenezer Johnson declines a second term as mayor. The Common Council votes Major Andre Andrews as the Buffalo second mayor, but a year later in 1834, the uh, the Cholera will return. Cholera. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, n- nailed it. The cholera will return, and Andrews, as well as his wife and daughter, die from the disease. Oh, so Johnson got out at the right time. Yeah. He was like, I'm conceding this election, and I'm going to uh, not do this anymore, and I'm not going to die from this disease. Right. Good for him. Well, I I feel bad for Andre Andrews. I think he had the inside scoop, and he knew it because he was also the dude that was leading the response. Ebenezer Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So Poor he was, Andre Andrews. He was one of the physicians at the same time of being the first mayor. So onward, in 1835, Benjamin Rothburn builds 99 buildings at a cost of $500,000. That's literally one floor of any building right now. Yeah. And he built 99 buildings. Yeah. Which that spree of 99 buildings includes the first American hotel on Main Street near Court and the city's jail. Rothburn apparently entrust the wrong men, including his brother and a nephew, oh, yeah, into you becoming... Never your brother. <laughs> which they would become involved in a forgery scheme on his behalf. The ensuing scandal lands Rothburn a five-year prison sentence. Jesus, so Buffalo is not a good spot to be in. So skipping ahead to 1846, in the winter of 1846, the medical school is established, which later becomes UB. So, oh, really? Yep, so classes are held at the corner of Washington and Seneca Streets in a Baptist church. That's how UB started. That's pretty sweet. In 1846? Yep, fun fact. What campus? What do you mean? It's the only campus, and they they literally sat there. Don't they have UB North and UB South? Well, now, but I'm saying in 1846, they just met in a church. (laughs) They just sat there and talked about, I don't know, hey, you got demons in your blood. Here's some cocaine. (laughs) Like, what was the advancement of medical school then, you know? Yeah, trying to... Probably trying to find a cure to cholera, which I heard Pfizer has. <laughs> um, but that's cra- <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So wow. Cheers, man. Eighteen twenty-five to eighteen fifty. That's episode four of the Erie Canal. Now you know. That's insane. Look at that, man. Did you know any of this information before we started? I knew the Irish built a canal. Bet your ass. Out here getting drunk, making ten dollars a month or whatever they said it was. Yeah, so next week we are going to be talking about the other uh, way of transportation in the Buffalo area, which is episode five, railroads and industry from 1850 to the 1900s. So we're really coming up quick on the, on the, uh, like recent times. Yeah, coming up really quick. I mean, the next segment, railroads and industry, um, like you said, 1850 to 1900, that's going to incorporate the Buffalo Zoo because the Buffalo Zoo formed in the early to mid-1870s. When did the Cleveland Zoo form? Rest in peace, Harambe. I don't know. I, actually, that was Cincinnati, <laughs> not Cleveland, but same thing. When was Harambe formed? <laughs> How old was he when he was I don't, murdered I don't, I'm going to do research on it and come back with all the facts. 
Poor Harambe. <laughs> Remember when he got like a ton of votes? Did he yeah. get more votes than uh, Kanye did? Because that would be hilarious if he did. Didn't Kanye do really well in one state? I mean, define really well. Well, just like a couple hundred or a couple thousand. I think he got votes. like one percent. Yeah, in something ridiculous. Yeah. Harambe. Let's look up Harambe. We'll go over it in oh, a full. Jesus. We'll dedicate an episode of Harambe on his that anniversary. That was May twenty eighth, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, so it's coming up. So we'll have a full episode in honor of Harambe. It's a full, it's a full century later. <laughs> We're just, you know what? We're just gonna blow past railroads and industry. We're gonna just talk strictly of Harambe. No, no, no. I'm saying in May we'll do a. Oh. In May we'll have a Harambe episode. Oh, R.I.P. Harambe. They don't say when he was born. Cause, cause of death, gunshot. Jesus, <laughs> morbid, <laughs> right? That's really sad. Right, Wikipedia, chill out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that is episode five of the segment miniseries. If you enjoyed it, or if you missed the first four episodes, go back to our previous videos because we dived into the pre-colonization, first Europeans, founding in the 19th century, and now Erie Canal. And we got a ton of stuff coming out for you uh, going forward. Yeah, we do. So we have three interviews this week. Yep. Well, we have three events this week, two interviews. Um, so those will be coming out. And then we have... Another one the day after our day off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot. It, it's going to be interesting because we are on this mindset to where if it fits within our mission statement, we're going to do it. That's what it comes down to. And our mission statement is giving small businesses a, pre, a free platform to promote mm-hmm. and also giving back to the community. So as long as something that we do that we're posting on YouTube or posting on Instagram or doing something with, as long as it meets one of those two requirements, we're going to do it. Yeah. That's kind of how we want to do this podcast from the start of it and going forward. So there might be some stuff coming up that isn't like that might be different than what you think that we would put out. But it's all fitting within that category. So uh, I'm I'm excited for it. You're excited for it. And it's going to be an interesting uh, couple conversations coming up. No doubt. Hell no yeah, doubt. man. So that being said, if you are interested in any of that stuff, go follow us on Facebook. Go follow us on Instagram. Go subscribe to us on YouTube. And then go check out all of our podcast platforms because we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, for some reason, we have like one of the. I've never heard of this podcast platform before, but it's trending on our site about like, oh, you have a ton of listeners here. So I don't know if you've ever heard of it at all. Uh, the platform itself is called Bullhorn. So our analytics are Apple Podcast, other, don't know what that is, Spotify, and Bullhorn. What about Google Podcast or Ziggerbox? I have no you know? clue, man. But anyway, so go check out us out on those podcast platforms. Hit the follow button. Uh, like I said, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave a comment below. Let us know what you think about this segment. And then also um, let us know if there's anything else that you want us to cover. We are going to be doing going forward um, a segment on our Instagram, basically our, a story that is going to be giving you guys an opportunity to call out businesses that you want us to interview. Call them out. We want to make this engaging. We want to interview businesses that you want us to interview. Uh, Obviously, if we interview some Joe Schmo, it'll be nice for them because our loyal subscribers will listen to it. But you might not listen to it if you're looking for a specific business. So when we post these on our stories, feel free to fill those out. I mean, it's just going to give us more of an opportunity to reach out to them. 
we did one for the first time uh, last weekend, and it went really well. We already have two interviews scheduled with those people. So it's just going to be something that we want to do going forward to give you guys as listeners an opportunity to impact the show in a way that you would like it to be. Get ready to gain weight, dude, because it's coming I'm up. I'm so excited. It's just I can feel the sweet tooth already, and I can also feel the cavity. So I'm also going to the dentist next week, Monday, so I'll make sure that I am in a tip-top shape to enjoy all the sweets and then maybe get a heart attack after. So uh, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Tune in next week. Tune in uh, this past Friday, actually, when this released for the interview with – who released this last Friday, Mike? Do you want me to tell the future? I, I don't know, man. There's too many. Oh, who released this? We do so many interviews. I don't even know what's going on. This last Friday, we uh, interviewed Mansard Inn. That's so already go going check live? Them out. Well, when this goes live, yeah, which is two weeks from now. That's insane. Yeah, so go check out Mansard Inn. Mansard Inn is a sweet uh, local restaurant in the Buffalo area in Orchard Park specifically that has a ton of history and the new owners of the place are taking it to a completely different uh, not a completely different way, but they're trying to incorporate a younger crowd into this very old and well-established restaurant. So exactly. go check them out. They're an amazing business. They have some great cake or pies. We were able to take some of that home, and that was fantastic. So uh, definitely go check that out. And, uh, Michael, this is, what, episode 60? Yeah, dude, episode 60. Buffalo Happy Hour podcast. Obnoxious. But, yes, maintain your morals. Maintain your moral compass. Do good things. Don't litter. Pet your dog. Love your dog. Buy a dog. Don't buy cats. Ooh, buy a dog. Yeah. No. No. No cats. <laughs> what is this? Just kidding. Love all animals. No. Not cats. <laughs> I am not a cat person whatsoever. As soon as they start crawling, uh, you know what? And I'm also allergic to them too. I remember. Sounds like a you problem. No one cares about your memory lane. Oh my god, it was terrible, dude. I was my. I couldn't see out of my eyes. That are watering all the time. But uh, anyway, drink responsibly, everybody, and just be a good person. See you all next week. We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.